0: Tina Koto, welcome to Papercuts, the podcast all about books. I'm Gina Todd.
2: I'm Karen Dass
1: and I'm Louisa Cossa.
0: You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Papercuts Pod, and you can email us papercutspod at gmail.com. So today on Papercuts, it's our final episode for 2019. <sighs> How do you feel?
1: Tired. <laughs> yeah. I actually am a bit sick. That's why <laughs> that sounded low. so, like, dramatic. Lou is a bit
0: sick, but you can't catch gems through microphones. Yeah, so. yeah I promise. Um, today on Paper Cuts, we've got book news, including a deep cut rundown of our recent trip to Verb Festival in Wellington, book reviews, to-be-read piles, and maybe a not-book or two thrown in. Hmm, yeah, so we'll see maybe. how time's
1: going. We feel
2: like it. So Sounds good news. Let's talk about Verb, huh? Yeah, so we went on a field trip, band on the run, mm-hmm. <laughs> bands on tour, and we went down to Wellington together to see the Verb Festival and look cruel. It was really cool. It was really cool. Great energy, really buzzy. Yeah, it was great. We somehow made it there even though
1: we were just a mess at the airport. <laughs> Where were we? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was actually, you know, how you travel with friends? And you just don't listen to anything, but or then as if you're, you're on just, your own, you just assume that be, someone else yeah. is taking
1: care of it's things. Dangerous.
0: And essentially, what we did was just line up in any line that we saw, <laughs> which took about five lines to realize we weren't even getting on the plane yet. We lined up for an in New Zealand flight. We lined up to get our bags weighed. We lined up to get our bags weighed
2: again, <laughs> and,
1: and we, all the while, home. all the while, like bitterly complaining about jets.
2: <laughs> And on the it was way really home arts. I held everybody up because my tin of hairspray didn't have a lid on it.
1: <laughs> and the man Oh and I had two lighters in my bag because I would taken up smoking <laughs> the night before at the after party. <laughs> but the
2: man at um security was lovely and he said, Don't worry, I'll find you a lid for your hairspray too. He tin. was we really had whole trying He kept under the counter for this specific reason. <laughs>
1: For high maintenance divas who need their hairspray.
0: <laughs> so that's. I mean, it was so exciting, and that's not even at the festival. Yeah,
1: we should probably talk about the festival.
0: But uh, what we're going to do is just talk about a few of our highlights because mm. it was a big weekend, lots of things to see. It's way more low key than the Auckland
2: Writers Festival. but yeah. just completely different yes, vibes. Different right? vibes. Different different landscapes. Different towns. Different altogether. audiences. So, yeah. Different authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Um. So, who, who wants to start with the highlight? You, you go oh, first, Karen. Okay, so a big part of me going down to Verb was to see Sinead Gleason, who, of course, I've spoken about on the pod previously and really, um, really, really raved about her book, Constellations, which is one of my books of the year. And she was in, um, what was it, three panels and sessions um over verb and there was no crossover in any of her sessions did you go to all three I did me too to all three yep yep Jenna was with me (laughs) um and it was just wonderful she took we were lucky to have her here she took four flights to get here from Ireland and um She's just won the best non-fiction book of the year at the Ann Post Irish Book Awards, which is um, fantastic. So congratulations to Sinead yeah, for um, winning that for the non-fiction book, and yeah, really, really richly reserve, uh, deserved. But her session with Kim Hill, I think, was my highlight of the. Um, I've. I just think can Kim Hill chair every session at writers' festivals. Um, I think it was such an amazing session. I think it was the best session I've actually ever been to at any writers' festival, um, and I've been to a lot. Mm. I think it's the best thing I've ever seen. Wow, she was fantastic. You could
0: tell Kim really engaged with her work. Yeah. And she done, was
2: enchanted and by and Sinead. done her
0: research, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. And then she's such she's so charismatic to watch mm. as well. Mm. Her the the, the f-
2: Listening face and the
0: expressions, yeah, when I mean, yeah. she's surprised, but try, you know, she's yeah. like, yeah, it's just a, it's so amazing to watch. It was we were in the front row, we were, yeah,
2: <laughs> Louisa and I got there early and got front row seats, mm-hmm. didn't we? We were very eager, mm. very very eager, yeah, big fangirls girls was great but um, another one of her sessions I really loved was um, the nonfiction um, personal writing session and she just said something that I think was really great where she said all essays um, well all good essays aren't about just one thing and you know they're sort of inward looking but outward looking as well I think mm. that's um, a really good insight in how readers transpose their own experience um, yeah on that
0: yeah cool I went to both of those sessions. Mm. They were great. One of my highlights was in the session called Ways of Seeing at the City Gallery, which was part of Lit Crawl and Sinead Gleason was also in mm. it. But I really loved Megan Dunn's uh, reading about an artwork, which was the riddle of Larry Fortinsky, <laughs> which kind of turned out to be about an artwork that had never happened Mm -hmm. and it's the story of a work that Yvonne Todd and her had talked about and they wanted to make it about Elizabeth Taylor and her construction worker husband, the seventh and last of her marriages, Larry Fortensky.
2: Sinead and I were cracking up afterwards about that because when Megan said Larry Fortensky we were both like, that's a name I haven't heard in years, (laughs) (laughs) the Larry Fortensky (laughs) with the frosted mullet. I loved Megan's
0: delivery. She's so – her eyes, like, pierce into you as she looks around the room.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: any question that she answered as the session went on and how they, they just talked about artwork and um her – she's just so articulate. She would sit there and think. You could see her thinking and then she would – it felt like it had been – she was reading it off a written page.
1: Mm. It was awesome. Really confident, but – yeah, but very grounded, I yeah. thought. Yeah,
0: it was great. And another one that I went to, uh, a poem that I really liked, and Louisa was there with me, was at Food Court Goes to the Airport at Miller's O'Brien Gallery. And Ria Masai did a incredible reading of this poem called My Var. It was very spine-prickling. Um, a ground-shaking poem that she described as what most people call a poem about rape, but it's really a poem for my daughters. Mm. And then... Sinead Gleason in mm-hmm. her session with Kim Hill read this poem a non-letter to my daughter which gave very similar feelings mm. and it's the poem you want all young women to read and it uh, made me yeah. think man I wish she was my mum I, I mean know. I love my mum but like <laughs> yes. that was like yeah. wow imagine if Sinead uh, was your it's mum
1: totally, it's totally I thought the same thing <laughs> eh, when yeah, you ha- already have a great <laughs> mum but you see someone you're like not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> screw my uh, mum I want this
2: person to be well I feel enough. like Sinead's my sister no, uh, big, you my guys big bonded big time but that poem, when she read that poem, I mean, I've read it in the book. It's at the end of, um, or towards the end of Constellations. But her reading it, um, I couldn't move my head because I knew if I moved my head, the tears would spill over. Mm. It was just so moving and affecting, was. wasn't it? It really was. Um, yeah, beautiful. But,
0: but yeah, those were three little highlights. But I just also wanted to mention that just going to the festival has led me to read All Those Who Live on Islands, by Rose Mm Liu, after seeing her in that memoir session, which is a really interesting collection of essays. It explores language, family, sex, and food. And I was transported back to my own teenage years with flashbacks of RTDs and SCSI patches <laughs> in small town New Zealand. Love it. And um, also the very frank story of the migrant experience yes. in New Zealand. And I'm also listening to my very first audiobook, which has just been released, which is Sinead Gleeson reading Constellation. Beautiful. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so that's um, on the BorrowBox app via the Auckland Library.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. So I feel
0: very inspired by Viv Wellington.
1: Yeah, it's great. Tart out. Thank you, guys. Um, so I'm going to do a couple of... of Snippets from two sessions I went to on the same day at the same venue, which was Meow, which is quite a delightfully sort of shabby mm-hmm. kind of kind of gig book place. Um, books and that book. whole wall of books. Oh in yeah, the back. I actually <laughs> didn't know whether they'd put that there for the festival or not. So <laughs> no, thank you for, for yeah. confirming that for me. <laughs> yeah, I'd only be, been there at night before. Um, so the first one was um, it was called it was called Puriko, which was um, based on the um, book that Penguin published published this year. Um, so the chair was actually Fiti Hiriaka who was one of the co-authors of the book, along with Witi Himaira, mm. who was not in attendance. Um, and she was on a panel. She was chairing a panel with um, the authors, Renee, who um, just mm. goes by that mononym, which yeah. I absolutely love. And I could talk about Renee all day because I think she's so amazing. Um, and Patricia Grace, who was, mm. oh my God, so incredible. And um, Aperana Taylor, who was mm. such a they were all fantastic in their different ways. I mean, Apirana Taylor was such a great raconteur and yeah. sort of talking about his relationship to to nature via these stories and, yeah, just a really great storyteller. And he read his story so well. And it was, it was very moving but also quite funny, which great I loved. Voice. Great voice. And he brought out a lot that I thought wasn't necessarily as apparent in the text. So that was really cool, cool. to see that. Um, Patricia Grace, uh, she's just so brilliant and she has this really cool energy that kind of reminds me of like Patty Smith or something. Mm-hmm. She's just very cool, very kind of down to earth. Um, and she made some cool points. One of which I really loved was, um, so they're talking about Maori myths retold, which yeah. does involve quite a lot of personification and she was talking about, you know, what if you are things still relevant? Are things still important if we don't personify them? Can can the ocean still be our whanonga? I think she said, if it's not personified and, you know, we need to learn to relate to things without personifying them mm-hmm. because, you know, arguably our bad relationship with, you know, the planet is to do with not valuing things that aren't people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was amazing. And Renee was just, she's always such good value. Mm-hmm. She's think she's 80 in her 80s mm, she she's just be. written her first crime novel um, she's got a really bonkers website which I do recommend <laughs> you check out okay.
2: we can link to that <laughs> we yeah. can
1: link to Renee's website it's like got a very 90s feel but I just love it um, and it was really interesting I'm not going to talk about this other session because I feel like I've actually talked enough but um I will say that in another session with um Ruby Porter and Becky Manawatu mm where they talked about their two books, Mm -hmm. Attraction and Owe, respectively. Um, They brought up, so Ruby brought up the fact that Patricia Grace had been a mentor for her. And Becky Manawatu brought up the fact that Renee had written her a letter of tautoko for her book, Owe. So that was a really nice kind of through Mm -hmm. line from this older generation of... You know, um, Maori female writers um, to these to this new generation. So it's a really lovely great. moment. That mm. session was great. It was great. One? I I'm really, just running yeah. out of
2: puff, honestly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's okay. I'll talk about it another time. Um, I just wanted to say too that it was really lovely travelling with Jenna and Louisa my bandmates that was really nice it was so I, fun I just think it was heaps of fun and really easy and just a delight I love my bandmates oh
0: thanks Karen. that's oh, love so lovely we, it was
2: it was a lot of fun eh? I yeah. feel like it, we were fine I
1: finally got to live my fantasy of being in a band on yeah, tour yeah yeah
0: totally <laughs> and we ran to another friend's band who were actually on tour while we were on tour <laughs> at, at um Fisherman's
2: Plate which was yeah was it
1: Fisherman's Table or Fisherman's Plate you, anyway, you it's a great fit. I table. never know. It's
2: Table, isn't it?
1: Is it Table? Or is it wharf? Anyway. No, it's not wharf. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a place to be if you want to run into bands and podcasters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and we didn't make it to karaoke, sorry.
1: Just no, saying. but we did have a great time at the, at the Lit Crawl after party. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do recommend. Do so, recommend. All so fun. If you, if you get the chance next year. I beat go,
2: my go AWF uh, record of seven wines. Yes, Karen <laughs> nine. Had nine wines. Yeah. 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 Big day.
1: <laughs> Big night.
2: Um, so the Writers
0: Week program for the 2020 New Zealand Festival of the Arts has been announced. Woo-hoo. It's in Wellington, right? Yes. And our friend Karen has a session. I do. I have
2: a session and it is... What is my session? <laughs> <laughs> it's... Um... <laughs> Writing Woman's Lives? That's the one, Writing Woman's <laughs> Lives. And it's with the Booker Prize International winner, um, Jocca Alhathi and Rajula Das, no relation, um, <laughs> two writers. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's on Sunday, the Sunday morning. Yeah. Mm. So Jenna
1: reviewed um, Celestial Bodies on a previous
2: yeah.
1: episode. Yes. Or maybe it was me. Or maybe it
2: was you. Which one of us was it, Jenna? I've reviewed it somewhere. I've
1: reviewed it somewhere. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we if did you're t- trawling through our archives, you'll find it somewhere. <laughs> we did talk about it. Actually,
0: I reviewed it and I hadn't finished it oh, yet. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Yes.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the Goldsmiths Prize winner has been announced. Remember, we talked about that last time on the pod, and it was Duck's Newbury Port by Lucy Owlman. Yeah. Published by Gally Beggar Press and yeah. Text Publishing.
2: Have you finished it, Jenna?
0: No, that is still on my bedside table, but I'm Me taking too. that away for
1: Christmas. Oh, I and I'm finished that, it, Karen.
2: I'm reading that on my no. Christmas holiday. Yeah, I'm going to read it over summer. I think mm, it'll be very a Very
1: impressed. One. You guys yeah. have like...
2: Well, it's great. Well, it's you guys have
1: been reading it, both of you, for so long, but you both <laughs> say that you really enjoy it. Yeah. And usually the two things don't go together. So I know. I'm, I'm yeah. impressed and intimidated and all sorts of things at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah no, it's I, fantastic. I'm looking forward to reading that yeah. at Christmas time. And... So that's really great. I think, you know, she should have won something, and I'm glad she's won something. Absolutely,
2: I think so too. Um,
0: The National Book Awards winners were announced last week, and three highlights from those awards are Trust Exercise by Susan Choi. Which Jenna reviewed previously. Yeah, I was like, wow, so up up with the play. (laughs) Um, And also a book that looks really interesting called The Yellow House by Sarah M. Broome. Mm. I've just found out, hot off the press, that it was meant to come out in July next year in New Zealand, and they've brought it forward to January. That's great! Um, and it's a history of a family in New New Orleans. And I think that I usually like the National Book Awards; um, that it's it's noted in noted books in the best in American literature. And I yeah. always find their nonfiction is so good. Yeah. Um, agree. And then also uh, the Litarian Award for a Lifetime Achievement in Expanding the Audience of Books for Reading went to Oren Taika, and he's the outgoing mm. CEO of American Booksellers Association, who a few listeners yeah. may know as he's spoken at the New Zealand Booksellers Conference uh, before,
2: and we met him at when we've been
0: we've in in a, in the states on the and, scholarship and um, yeah he is coming I think I, I'm pretty sure I can say this he is coming to New Zealand next year for a retirement holiday, but I think there might be some kind of session with him where he talks about the American book industry. He's cool. a very interesting mm-hmm. man and mm-hmm. has a very
1: good outlook on the book industry. So congratulations to all of those yeah. winners. I did just want to um, say that with the um, Writers Week program, there were just a few things that I thought looked really yeah, awesome. Yeah, what are your picks, Lou? Um, so my picks are, of course, Laurie Anderson, who's the guest oh, yeah. curator. I mean, I couldn't even begin to describe what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instrumentalist, musician, writer. Yep. Um, just all around amazing. I've been listening to her music all morning. Um, Andrea Lawler, who's written a book called Portex: the Form of a Mortal Girl. Yes. The pull quotes read, and I quote, <clears> tight, <throat> deep, hot, and smut. They're just like <laughs> one word, pull quotes. Great I know right? <laughs> you know, right? It's so exciting. Um, also Tommy Orange, mm-hmm. whose um, book There, There I've recently read, and An Embarrassment of Riches of local authors like Gregory Kahn, Rose Liu, Ty Tibble, And, of course, our very own Kirin Jess.
2: Cool. Looking forward to it. It'll be great.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping
2: to get down. Yeah got to see Laurie Anderson. I've got to yeah. work it out. She's to. in
1: the same week as you.
2: Yeah. So. I think she's on a Wednesday. Yeah, you can just stay yeah. from Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. Big yeah. deal. Yeah, if my boss will give me time yeah, off. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and we want
0: to just talk about, because when we were in Wellington, it was just such bad timing, but the spin-off book was launched, mm. and that would have been a great party to go to. I've
1: heard it was the party of the century. And
0: Tina, do Tina. you have anything to add? <laughs> Tina
2: was there. Hi, guys. Hi, Tina. What's the scene report? Oh, I was there from, like, outside. I had to set up. Yeah. It was a hoot. I got super lit. Had a boogie. <laughs> we sold some books. Yeah. yeah made some we friends. We love that. It was
0: great. What celebs were
2: there? I Colin.
1: heard Colin McRae, jeffrey was there. That's oh, who I was thinking.
0: He was there. Who else
1: was there? I don't know. I'm real bad. Well, you guys are <laughs> celebs, too. Yeah, Tina yeah. was 10 was there. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though. I had uh, a good time. We okay. were we were gutted to miss it. We raised yeah. a toast in absentia. <laughs> we, we really
0: did. We I really did. missed my paper cat's gown. So it have have just felt strange not being there. And you know how there's all these weekends where you do fuck all, oh, and then there's you nothing. Everything on. happens on yeah. the same <laughs>
1: weekend. <laughs> it's fucking it's all classic. The eh? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So congratulations to the spin-off because that's a massive. Um, achievement publishing oh, yeah. a book yeah. and congratulations to Louisa just for working for the publisher yeah. that published it. Penguin.
1: yes I didn't work on the book but I saw it being worked on and mm. I'd say a fair amount of work went into it from the spin-off and from Penguin so I think that they should all be pretty pretty stoked great Chrissy present definitely Fuck yeah hi I'm Leonie I'm Alex and along with our friend Michelle A. Court we bring you On The Rag every month which you can find at thespinoff.co.nz and on all good podcast providers.
2: Once a month, we get together in the Spinoff studio to reflect on the
1: previous month of news, media, current events, and just life for women in New Zealand. It's a feminist podcast. It's a shrill podcast. (laughs) And we'd love it if you listened.
0: Okay. And so now we're on to book reviews, guys. Great. Who feels like doing it first? Louisa, you're first on the list. Do you want to... Preserve your voice? Or... Um,
2: I think I need a little break. Okay. Yeah. Karen, yep, here Yeah, I can go. So I've got a book here called The May Trees by Annie Dillard. Um, I've had this on my bookshelf for eight years. I don't know what for. Um, you know, you have those books and you know the really special – and you just save them for a moment. You're saving them for a rainy day and you mm. know that if you don't read it, that rainy day is never going to come. I just knew it was a special book that I just wanted to put aside and save it. And it just, I spotted it the other day and I'm, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. Um, and it is an actual masterpiece. It really is. Um, it's from 2007. It's her second novel, um, and I think it's a writer's and reader's novel, if that makes sense. Um, So Annie Dillard, if you don't know who she is, she's quite a reclusive writer. Uh, She's won the Pulitzer Prize for nonfiction, her book Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. I think that was in 1975. And she writes narrative nonfiction, novels, memoir, and books about the natural world. So um, anyone who knows me will know that those are all the things that I love reading. Um, and she's just an absolute pro stylist. Um, and this novel, The May Trees, is just so beautiful and transcendent. It's about Toby Maytree and Lou Bigelow. Bigelow. Uh, There are a couple that married just after World War II uh, in Provincetown, Cape Cod. So it's kind of an oceanside love story. Um, Lou's a painter and Toby's a poet and house mover. And they have this band of Cape Cod bohemians who are their friends. Um, they're all artists and writers. Um, and this charts them over the decades. I think it's around 60 years of their kind of life that it charts. And it's just this really beautifully observed study of friendship, intimacy, loyalty, mortality, and landscape. And it's really warm but the style is really spare. Um, Her descriptions of landscape actually reach the sublime, I think, and there's lots of descriptions of food in here, the food that they eat, um, which I love too, lots of clams. It's just gorgeous. Um, I just think it's written with such care and craft, and I think it would be the perfect beachside summer read. It's a really radiant book. I really loved it. Oh, my God.
1: I'm so happy to hear you review,
2: like, an older book, something you'd be looking forward to. I know. I'm just happy to have read some backlist. Yeah. I just thought, you know, stuff it. I've got so much work reading to do, but this weekend I'm going to read And some I can backlist. tell that you really loved <laughs> I it. I did, and that's, yeah. And that's
1: so cool. And that was a great review as well. Like, every time I had a question, like, who's Annie Dillard? What has she written before? Oh. Like, when did this book come out? You, like, answered it. Oh,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful book. I think maybe you would like it, Lou. I have a feeling that mm-hmm. I would like it very, very much. She's, um... Quite a radical writer. She did a book in 2016, which you guys probably know, The Abundance. Mm. And those were narrative nonfiction pieces and quite quite intense, quite experimental, but um, just amazing pilgrim at tinker creek that's the one i'd heard of mm. oh, yeah from seeing it I on the shelf yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was from 75 and won the pulitzer ah yeah. okay
0: well that sounds really good and sometimes there's those books that you do have to save for that rainy day but the good yeah. thing is about our um podcast is that we can go on the deep cuts so you feel yeah. like your reading yeah, not exactly. wasted
2: as yeah. a reviewer <laughs> i knew yeah. that you know i'd have something to talk about or a place to talk about it yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Can I please steal your water, Jenna? Are you going to drink that? You can have it. Of course. Yes. <coughs> Sorry. So that's my review. Thanks. Oh, you rocked it. Thank you. Well,
0: I've got a deep cut too. Well, not as deep. But it's, Ooh.
1: Well, maybe it's the same. what
0: year did that come out? Two thousand and seven. Two thousand
2: and seven. Oh, this yeah. is also from oh, wow. two thousand and seven. Yeah.
0: Which you guys I think may have read The Red Parts by Maggie Nelson. That's
2: the one of hers I haven't read, read But me too. it's
1: the one I want to read. read. I'm yeah. like, I, I saw that I saw it on the list and I was like, <sighs> I felt jealous. Uh, I was like, oh she's read it. Ah so thing.
2: good.
0: Well, again, inspired by Sinead Gleason mm. at Verb Festival, she brought that up in her talk yes. with Kim Hill, so I was like God damn it, I'm just going to reserve this at the library. Yes. And I, at the same time I'd been listening, well, I have been listening to this true crime podcast called The Lighthouse. It's done by the Australian. It's about this missing guy in Australia, uh, missing Belgian guy. Check it out. It's really mysterious and cool. Not cool, but like dark, but in that <laughs> way that it's cool. We understand. We
1: understand.
0: Find the... Uh- and um, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh the red part, so I was just feeling that true crime vibe. Mm. And this was published in two thousand and seven, but only in the UK in two thousand and seventeen. Right, so yeah. it had this bit of a resurgence. And this memoir is set in two thousand and four. And so Nelson was just finishing up this book of poetry based on the life of her aunt Jane Mixer, who was murdered in nineteen sixty-nine, when her mother was called to say that there'd been a DNA match. And the suspect was going to trials 35 years later. So her and her mother travel to the town where the trial's being held and, and Maggie knows she's going to write about it and support her mother during this. So Maggie knows that she has never met and doesn't know her aunt she has that same distant connection to witnesses who had never met her but perhaps they found her body so she's grappling with that however her mother and her grandfather did know her intimately and she's watching them go through this trial while they're showing really graphic pictures of her body and rehashing it all again and also the accused is a completely different person who they originally suspected they thought it was the serial killer um And he was a family man with no violent history, from what I can remember, which kind of reminds me of the um, Golden State State Killer. killer, And at the same time, Maggie and her mother are being filmed for a CBS crime documentary, 48-Hour Mystery. Uh, So that's kind of weird. one of those really, like, kind of garish, like, uh, 2020 type Mm. of documentaries that often have the white woman or yeah. marriage gone bad or you oh, it know it sounds like
1: snapped which is my favorite tv show at the moment so bravo
0: oh i would like to hear about that Dennis.
1: yes later, yeah. later. okay <laughs> Off
0: mic. um so she combines this narrative with descriptions of her own heart personal heartbreak getting ready to tour her own book um and Ownership of grief and who owns it. How can you grieve for someone you didn't know? And also society's fascination with murdered white women. It's something that she admits she's also completely drawn in by, and I feel the same as well. And so it's a book that I just whizzed through. I liked it better than The Argonauts. Um, that's I have the read only that. Other, it's the only other Maggie Nelson book that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it. I think the... The magic part of this book is it has what you cannot plan. It's a story of fate, chance, and connections, mm. and you can't make that shit up. Mm. And so, of course, she has to write a book about it. And I think she's done it really, really well. Uh, it's really little. Yeah. And so I've actually just gotten um, out oh. Jane oh, from great. the library. Yes. So this is like a companion read, I guess, yeah. to that. Oh. So she... Um, is that the... That's poetry, isn't it? It's poetry Jane? and it's snippets of Jane's diaries yeah. and oh, yeah. so,
1: um uh, yeah, cause I because yeah. I always get, get these books confused. So but they're kind of but they they go together.
0: Yeah, yeah kind of. Kind mm. of. But they yeah, they're published three years apart, but in this book she doesn't know that who the killer is. Oh, that's great.
1: a beautiful cover. Yeah, mm. it has this great
0: photo of her um as a as a young girl. It's they amazing. found um like these bits in the red parts like the police um, got this film processed and it had the last probably the last ever picture taken of her on it and stuff. It's yeah, it's wow. it's really good if you're a true crime person, but it's kind of like like um, the Golden State Killer when you read um, Michelle
2: McNamara's book. I'll be gone you, in the dark. Yeah, you know yeah.
0: when you know they've been caught, you yeah. feel okay yeah.
2: you're better about it. Yeah. I think um Maggie Nelson does that really beautiful thing where she has that complex net of like investigative writing and memoir and biography and criticism, like Olivia Lang. Mm-hmm. It's like that beautifully kind of nuanced net.
0: And Sinead Gleason, they're yeah. looking at other people who are doing similar yeah. things and
2: similar cases. And Definitely. Yeah, so it was a great read. Oh, thank you. I'm going to read that one. Thanks, Jenna. Um, <laughs>
1: well, in a bizarre turn of events, I'm reading something re- reasonably recent, <laughs> or reviewing rather. Um, so I'm going to be reviewing the. Sorry, did I go too quickly? Did I like? Did I button? Was your review? Was your it's review done? done? Yeah. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm like delirious. I did like a nod. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <The end. laughs> Thank you for your review, Jenna. Um, all right. So, yeah, I'm doing The Boyfriend by Laura Southgate. It's published by VUP. It came out this year. Can't mm. quite remember the month. Not going to look it up. Earlier this year. I've read it too. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. We can talk then. Um, so, this book is about a young woman who. Um, starts up when she's 17 and she wants a boyfriend and she's kind of having a bit of you know as often happens when you're young you're having a bit of trouble kind of getting your relationships off the ground she kind of has a guy that she likes but nothing comes of it and she just wants a boyfriend and then she meets this kind of creepy guy in her yoga class and he's he sounds like a douche like but and I think that she initially perceives him that way she's quite ambivalent about him um but he just kind of is he's one of those people yeah you know, he's he's just always around and she keeps running into him mm-hmm. and it just kind of like morphs into this really weird relationship where you know her parents for some weird reason they allow him to move in with them and he sleeps on the couch so they start up but they're not in a rela- in a romantic relationship per se you know they're not having sex they're just kind of in this weird sort of friendly but kind of sexually charged atmosphere um and so this is set in wellington and i think the 90s yeah. um, and it's a lot of it's set around the university campus which Frankly, I'm from Wellington, but I don't have that much experience with the university campus. I went to university up here. I did go to the crèche, though. <laughs> five out of five for story that. for another day. Yeah, yeah there's did, no story.
0: Did you get any yeah, flashbacks
1: from <laughs> yeah. Of my boyfriend?
0: Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> meaning of the crèche area.
1: <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so this guy's in his 40s, by the way. Mm. I should have You don't find that elder. out until
2: quite a bit late, or she yeah. doesn't find out. She knows
1: something. that he's older, but yeah. he kind of hides his age his age she hides a lot of things and so she kind of I think that the deal is sort of sealed when she runs into him at the local bar and I have to pause here and say Mm. I find the name of the bar like where they go to see all these grunge bands like quite it, were, like,
2: caught me off guard. And what's it? It's Something called the bongo room. Because, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just have to say, so I'm from Hamilton, and yeah. at the Waikato University there, the student pub was called the Wailing Bongo. Jesus. And I actually mentioned so actually, not, mentioned, not far off. No, I mentioned the Wailing Bongo. Well, no, Nick and I, my partner, were at home last night talking about um, – Oh, we'd seen a band, Dead Moan, and Nick was like, Oh, where did you see them? And I was like, I saw them at the Wailing Bongo. And he's like, What (laughs) What? are you talking about? Like, you're making up names. I was like, Are you having a stroke? (laughs) It's like, Oh, no, that's the Hamilton place. He was like, What the hell? What kind of name is that? I wonder if Laura Southgate was drawing on
1: that, because if not, (laughs) like, just, I, I don't know. It just, I was like, it's oh, okay. playing they're into the arrow, some- ex- yeah, the bongo. I, yeah, I was expecting something just a bit more grunge, a bit more mm. serious, and then the band that they're there to see is called <laughs> Bovine, which again is just a very kind of broadly comical name. Mm-hmm. I don't really like things that are broadly comical. Yeah. I like things to be a little bit more kind of like sly and sideways and sarcastic and not just like bovine. I'm going to go see bovine. <laughs> Sorry anyway anyway that is the only one of the very few comical moments and is what and what is actually a pretty distressing portrait of an abusive relationship Mm. because soon after this um so by the time uh, things really get going between them she's 19 but you know having met him that's still extremely young and she'd met him when she was 17 and he's been worming his way into her brain ever since um you know, they there's an incident where I think he rapes her. Um, it's done in this way that is very, like, it's quite unclear what's going on, which I think is actually really well done. It was it, well handled. Yeah, and she sort of, um, she writes, I'm not going to be able to find it, am I? Um, but there's one chapter that happens after that. So the chapter that happens after this, after that, I'm going to read the entirety of the chapter. Mm-hmm. It goes... This erasure is part of the injury. Sorry, this erasure is part of the injury. A loss, a lacuna, evidential tampering, and that's the whole chapter. Mm. Um, so it was. It felt I kind of ripped through it in a weekend. It felt really intense. Um, I actually had a nightmare after finishing it. Mm. It was a really intense moment, and there was. It was not a perfect book, and I thought that like. Parts of it was strange, and the way that it's blurbed is actually a bit odd. Um, yeah, I was
2: going to mention
1: that too. I could tell, because you and I have talked about this. Yes. It says, The story of a young man who finds herself subject to the gravitational field of a charismatic man. I don't think that he's charismatic. I don't think he, he doesn't is come either. across as charismatic. No. He's just a creep, and he's yeah. and he's just playing on the age difference and the fact that she's really inexperienced, and it's just it's just an inequality. It's a power imbalance, I would say. Do you
2: think I'm um, charismatic? Like maybe he had a great record collection <laughs> or something. I but mean, I he, don't
1: even. I mean, he does introduce her to a lot of bands and stuff, and I think that like, yeah, yeah maybe I'm just not getting the. The charisma he mainly just comes across as a creep, and he's quite violent later in the novel too. And oh, just but a the, pest. The, the yeah a pest, but the but a, but a dangerous pest. But the thing is, is that she there are friends that they have who actually mm. betray Erica. That's the name of the main character. Is <laughs> <laughs> coming in halfway through the review. Um, you know, she tries. She there's this really intense moment where she tries to. She moves to Auckland and she's trying to escape Donny. Yeah. Um, and she's on the train and she would told a friend, a mutual friend of theirs that she was going. She'd begged him not to tell Donnie that she was leaving and he said that he wouldn't. He's an older man as well. What these older men are doing with this 19 year old fucking, you know, story for another day. Um, but anyway, she's on the train. No, the overnight bus sorry which is even creepier and she's you know she's sitting by herself she's doing that thing that everyone does where she's just hoping that no one sits down next to her she's like please don't sit next to me every time she's this bus stops she's like tensing up just because you know you don't want to sit next mm-hmm. to a random on the overnight bus mm-hmm. like it's and then someone does and she says She says that she, you know, she feels someone sit down next to her. She keeps her eyes shut. She's like, oh, God, please, no. She smells the rancid, Mm. the rotten teeth, the rancid Mm. breath, the heat coming off their skin, and then she realises that it's fucking Donnie. And he's fucking followed her because her friend has betrayed her, so it's really intense. Mm. And I think that was the bit that gave me nightmares later on. And
2: so tangible, like that kind of, you can just... Picture yourself in that moment. Some of us have been, probably. Oh, my God. One time, when
0: I was about 16, I used to get catch of us, which is a very South Island thing (laughs) where it's a van and they pick you up from your house (laughs) and take you to the house of your destination, so... My dad lived in Queenstown and I lived in Dunedin, so I'd go there all the time. Also the catcher bus driver was my next door neighbor, so he'd be like, Over the fence, you're ready to go. And I'd go, but one time Um, I was sitting so you have your back row and there was I was sitting right in that back corner and then this guy came and sat on, he was like in his fifties, and the rest of the van was Filled with women, and he said the most rancid, disgusting shit that has anyone has ever said to me. You could tell that everyone in the van could hear it, but no one did anything. <gasps> mm. And I was just so young, and I didn't want to make a scene. And I also was like worried about what to do with him. Oh. Like, what if I said something? Yeah. Where would we put him yeah. <laughs> in this van? Yeah. Yeah. So I just looked out. I said very quietly. Please never talk to me again. And then I just looked out the window for four
1: hours. And then what did he do? Did he stop talking? He was
0: like, I'm really sorry. And then, yeah. Oh, fuck you. It was a null guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then years later, I just saw him down the street. And you know how there's those certain situations where people say, oh, it must be someone else or whatever you know you yeah. know yeah. it's like that creepy feeling anyway that really gives me yeah really it's awesome. a really <laughs> intense
1: but- I, I was literally talking yesterday about a similar experience yeah. where someone had been grabbing at me on the bus and the other people on the bus weren't doing anything it's like a really mm. and then when other people don't do anything you're like well what is my mm. yeah anyway yeah. but yeah you're yeah. right it's a really intense very kind resonant of book very resonant book um I do really recommend it um it's not like I say there are parts of it that like were a bit odd, but I think that on the whole, it's a really, really accomplished novel, and I'm not surprised that it won the Annan
2: Foundation mm. Prize. It's um, really compelling, right? I mean, super compelling. I ripped through it in a couple of days mm. as well, and
1: yeah, and I don't and rip just through things in a couple it. of days <laughs> these days that often. Yeah, um, yeah so yeah, do, do recommend picking it up for sure. Yeah,
0: cool. Thanks for that. That makes me really want to read it, though. Yay. I feel like, oh, I just feel like a little bit dirty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I felt a little bit dirty. It is quite grubby, eh? It is quite grubby.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't mean really to effective. be too
0: judgmental on men who do yoga, but I just find the, like, <laughs> yoga classes I Here go to, there's just, like, a couple of creepy men in
1: yeah. many yoga classes.
0: Yeah. There are certain types.
1: uh Yeah. Oh, I wasn't yeah. going to say anything either, but I was thinking. But you could picture. Him. We should probably right. leave it there. But yeah, yeah I know what you, I know what you mean, and I think mm. that the scene, um, it's right at the beginning of the book. I think you'll enjoy it, <laughs> where you like are introduced to Donnie and he's like doing really intense deep breathing at the front oh, of the class. No.
0: <laughs> I think we've all had a few Donnies in our. Oh life. Yeah. yeah,
1: we certainly have, and I think um, you know, um, props to Laura Southgate for bringing that character mm. to life. He's such it was almost an archetype, but he's very well drawn.
2: Mm. So this book's been picked. up. Up by an overseas publisher too. Oh, so she's um, has gone international. Wow. Yeah. Oh that's awesome.
0: Thanks, guys. Uh should we go on to not books? Yeah.
1: Do you I, I do I you have anything? I've got some juice left in the tank. Okay. Um yeah, so I um I've yeah, I've been a little bit sickly and so I have been fortunate enough to spend that downtime watching the new um mini-series of His Dark Materials based on the novels by mm. Philip Pullman um I believe. Well, I, I know. I shouldn't say I believe. I know that there was a film that came out a few years ago. I have not seen it. I do not. I negate its existence. I do not believe in it. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a pile of crap, and I'm not interested in seeing it. I and believe I'm, you. And I'm very passionate about these books. Yeah. They are just. They're so good. They are like you know how people say that Harry Potter is, should be read by adults, but it really shouldn't. But this should be read by adults, <laughs> like it and can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, this is an HBO and a BBC collab. Um, it's streaming on Neon in New Zealand. Um, you can get a free a month's free trial, and you can definitely <laughs> rip through it if you don't have a subscription. <laughs> pro tip. Um, but yeah, it's it's so fucking good. I was like, every every part of it, mm. I was like, this is. This is, like, blowing my expectations out of the water. It's
2: amazing because the stakes are so high, The stakes right? are
1: so high because I'm, like, yeah, a complete fangirl of this series. Um, even the title credits are just beautiful and they deal with um, the idea of multiple worlds and just everything is just gorgeous and glowing and luminous. Um, it's, it's also very beautiful, the entire thing. The costumes are really lush. Um, this, the scenery is spectacular. It's, it looks really expensive. Um, also, the actors are incredible. Ruth Wilson plays Mrs. Coulter, the main oh, villain. From Ruth the Wilson affair. from the Affair and from and from the um the the uh, film of Jane Eyre that came out a few years ago. She's such an incredible actor. And you've got James McAvoy as the um, charismatic adventurer uncle, and he's extremely sexy. Um, so yeah, all in all, just couldn't recommend it more and I hate most things especially <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is a very glowing review I must yeah,
1: say yeah yeah
0: what if you haven't read the books
1: doesn't matter I would I would recommend that people who haven't read the books maybe even read this first like a, I think definitely it would be it would be quite a good idea it'd be a great entry point and then you wouldn't have to read the books afterwards but you might want to yeah,
0: yeah. right yeah. and so is that for the, uh, the first season is for the first book
1: um, I've only watched one and a half episodes. I have a feeling that it's going to be the whole trilogy, mm. but honestly, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to find out. I have a feeling they're going to fold it all in because, um, it's not progressing in such a linear fashion as the books did, like mm-hmm. parts of book tour are making their way in already I'm running on, se- on, I'm only on the second episode. Um, cool. Great read. Yeah. 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 Do check it out. Good one. Yeah, I'm going to sink back in my chair now.
2: Um, Karen and I have the same, yeah, we same do. thing, so we I can talk about it together. You. So um, Jenna and I have both been, well, I've only listened to one episode. You, you'll be more into it than I am. Um, Dolly Parton's America, which is a nine-episode journey into Dollywood. Yeah, and it's uh,
0: made by Jed, Jed Abumrad, who's from Raburad, Le- yeah. from
1: Reverend,
2: who's <laughs> the um, creator of the long-running series Radio Lab? Lab. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> I was just trying to think of that other
0: name, Fastbinder. Um, oh, no, that is a private joke. It's sorry, a, yeah, and not um, for you, listeners. This kind of reminds me of Maggie Nelson of that mm. fate thing mm. because he yes. has access to Dolly Parton because his dad was an ambulance officer on a car accident that she was in in 2013 and they became friends. And that's the reason he has access to her. Because
2: he um, is from what? Is he from Tennessee? Tennessee, yeah. And so, you know, Dolly is everywhere, hard to avoid. And he'd never really thought about her, but it was only when his dad mentioned that, right? That he was sort of like... Let's look into this. And when he left
0: when he left um Tennessee and he realized, yeah. you know, it's like Marmite when you leave New Zealand and no one else knows what it yeah. is, but Dollywood in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dolly in Tennessee. So
2: it's it's great So tell you
0: talk it's about great. the first episode.
2: Oh, so yeah, I've only listened to one and the first episode is about classic cheating songs and it kind of uses her classic song Jolene, which is an amazing song. That's so good. And um that's kind of it. Really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just love how she talks about music and faith and business Um she kind of skirts around politics, eh? Mm. Like she is very much um, Switzerland because she knows that she's got a lot of Trump-supporting fans, and mm. yet she's a bit of a paradox, or I don't even know if that's the right word, but, you know, she wrote 9 to 5, which is a classic feminist kind of Anti-capitalist. Anthem. <laughs> Anti-capitalist, but, you know, she does make strong political stands, but she pointedly doesn't speak up about Trump. I don't know if that's her place to or not anyway. I'm yeah. not saying that that's something that she has to do.
0: There's an but, episode later on about just about politics. Yeah. Um but she says she's not a feminist when she's mm. the ultimate feminist yeah. icon. It's uh, just that really. label. Yeah.
1: Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And that's a generational thing. Totally for sure. Yeah, totally. A lot of people who our feminist icons don't identify as feminists.
2: Yeah. But she's super smart and she plays so many instruments, doesn't oh, she? The, f- I mean, the flute. Yeah. The, the mandolin, the-, the like harpsichord, and
0: <laughs> but the production of the podcast is so interesting because it talks she talks straight to her, but he also talks to her fans, he talks mm. to her biographers, he talks to people around her, and each episode is making a comment on American society. At the same time it's like she was always
2: there. She's so cool. She's oh, really cool. I'm definitely and have she's a listen. so much sort of whip smart, um, ahead of anyone who's interviewing her in a way. Mm. You know, like she's always someone will make a quip about her appearance or something, but she'll always come back with something better yeah. and smarter and funnier. They talk a lot in the first episode how she was the butt of everyone's yes. jokes. And, oh,
1: yeah. Um, I think the first time I heard of her, was like, you know, like, Dolly Pun with her huge boobs and she can't even support them with her back. And like, yeah, mm. mm. woman revolting. And like. She was,
0: That's <laughs> where Dolly the Sheep was named after. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, how rude! So, um, really interesting. I've everyone that I've recommended it to have either been like, "Oh, have yeah, totally already listened to that. <laughs> and I loved it," or the people that I have introduced it to have really, really loved yeah. it. And I think has universal appeal.
1: I'd love to Definitely. learn more about her, and this seems like a really great way to do it. She's cool. Yeah,
0: not books. Okay, TBR. Hmm. What's on the piles? guys?
2: <laughs> Who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go. I'll oh, go. Oh. go. You've um, got some puff.
1: Yeah. Yeah um so i have got and again this is another book Mm -hmm. that i read a piece on the internet and i could probably link to it but um this is it's called thus were their faces it's by sylvania ocampo um so i literally don't know anything about it (laughs) but i just i picked it up from the library it looks fucking awesome it's um one of the new york review of books um Classic series. So which one of my favourite series. Honestly, they so just—they never put a foot wrong no. with their with what they choose to publish. Um, but yeah, I think that she um, she was writing in the 30s and the 40s, um, and I wish I could remember um, from what country she hails. Is this a novel? Um, it? This is a collection of short stories. Oh, cool. She says, <laughs> sorry, while flipping through the book. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's what I'm looking forward to reading. Cool. Sorry, I didn't tell you much about it, but whatever. We don't have that much time. Oh, it's me. I'm done. You
2: know, one thing I've actually found is that publishers in New Zealand quite often laugh at me and dismiss me a bit for books that I champion. And um oh, yeah cool. and if anything that just makes me want to support small presses, literature and translation and people on the margins even more. Yeah. Um, and I just like Preach. to say, yeah, I just like to say that without sounding too earnest, you know, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone with your reading because it can be really rewarding mm. and these are the books that should be being published. So to that end, <laughs> I have started reading We Are Made of Diamond stuff by Isabel Widener. And this was on the Goldsmith shortlist. It's this book here. Um, And it's published by Dostoevsky Wannabe, which is a publisher based in Manchester. They're highly innovative publishers. They have quite a few different imprints. And they all look gorgeous. And I can't wait to go in deep. Um, The Goldsmith Prize is a prize that I really respect. And this book is only 113 pages long. So it's really slim, but really sort of piercingly prescient in light of brexit um and kind of appropriately radical for our times so i'm enjoying it i have started it and next up is make it scream make it burn essays by leslie jameson who of course mm. wrote the empathy exams i've literally been waiting for this book all year And my summer reading is going to be The Actress by Anne Enright, which I'm really excited about, and Adults by Emma-Jane Unsworth, whose animals I reviewed on a previous episode. And um, Strange Hotel by Emma McBride, if I can actually get my hands on a copy, because that's coming out next year. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, anyone. (laughs) It'll never come. Um, And talking about Sinead Gleason's sessions at Verb um, and also when I interviewed her um, we can link to my interview with her from the Herald um, in the show notes but she just talked about so many amazing books and one of them was Autobiography of a Face by Lucy Greeley who is an Irish-American poet and memoirist and she had um, childhood um, cancer of the jaw And it left her with some disfiguration and facial reconstructive surgery. And she died of a heroin overdose at 39. And Sinead has written about in her book, and she talked about um, autobiography of a face. So I'm really keen to read that book, if I can Mm. track it down from the library. Yeah, and I've got, um, I would like to read, I Used to Be Charming by Eve Babbitts, which is another N.Y.R.B. Um, collection um, of nonfiction of hers. Mm. So I'm just really looking forward to having all my yeah, reviews yeah, stuff <laughs> finished for the year and I can sort of get stuck into my own exciting reading.
0: You have this golden moment before you yeah. go
2: back to work and you start hearing about the new books and yeah. you
0: just try and finish everything off for the yeah. year. Eh? I feel quite stressed about that. I feel like I've got this countdown that I'm kind of trying to get these books off my pile so then I'm all fresh for 2020. I
2: still have about four books to review this year. There's not much of this year left. (laughs) And then I'm done. Yeah. And you'd be the same, Jenna?
0: Yeah. I have some. One of the books that, um, Mm. um, I'm a little bit cheating on this because it's to be read, but it's halfway read. It's The Burning River by Lawrence Patchett, Mm. published by VUP. Um, It's it's set in an apocalyptic-like Aotearoa. The main character, Van, is a Pākehā. He's an orphan and he lives in toxic swamplands and mines plastic with his caregivers, Ro and Matewai. And he's summoned to this fence settlement that sits above their swamp and asked to complete an important journey. So it's very adventurous. And if you think of like Anna Smale's the chimes mm. in that same vein, it, it almost feels a little bit young adult, but I think that's because mm. young adult's more adventurous. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, it's giving me a half men of O's sort of vibe. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. That's a pretty good vibe. That's a good um, vibe. Gotta love Maurice J.
0: Yeah. And I think that, the great thing about this book is it could not come from anywhere else in the world but New Zealand. Oh. It's so steeped in Te uh, kanga Māori and the most powerful characters in this book in the landscape that they live in speak te reo and the language integrates comfortably within the narrative. Cool. So, ki te marama i te reo Māori ka moko topanoe panaui but if you don't understand Tareo, it's all good as it sits within the context of yeah. the story. So I'm halfway through, well enjoying, good dialogue, good pacing, good characters, and it's just a great, a great yeah, read. Cool. And then I'm going to read some old mate regular <laughs> you know literary <laughs> independent bookstore titles um so Elizabeth Strout's new yeah. novel um Olive Again which is a follow-up to Olive Kitteridge and Anne Patchett's The Dutch House I've read The Dutch House
2: and I liked it yeah, yeah. I'm just, it was great I
0: just want to read a book that has a beginning middle and end you know it feels like that's
2: oh yeah and it's got but it's got great (laughs) themes yeah great themes yeah Yeah. she's great so i'm looking forward to
0: reading those and then i'll crack back into ducks Newburyport. port yeah
2: (laughs) jenna and i are going to finish ducks um over the summer
0: yeah aren't we yeah we are it's gonna be a great time (laughs)
2: <laughs> and I'm going to finish reading Millmarch on my phone first, <laughs> <laughs> which
1: is what I do when I'm like waiting for the bus and stuff.
0: That's great. I've been, yeah. with my constellations on audiobook, it's really been a great way to use some extra yeah. time. Like, where are
2: you, like what are you doing? Like where are you when you're listening to Driving. Like, driving.
0: Walking to the supermarket or to the gym, that kind of thing, or yeah. doing the dishes. Like things yeah. where I'm kind of concentrating but not looking at in the screen, doing something else. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm enjoying that. That's awesome. Um, is that us? That's us. It is yes. us. Okay, so thank you to Tina. Thanks for everything this year. Thanks, Tina. And thanks to the Matatuhi Foundation for your support. Um, subscribe and rate us. And when people rate us, it makes a huge difference to the wider audience finding us. Um, we're going to be back in 2020, but we'll post pictures of what we're reading mm-hmm. A, um, summer we, Stacks uh, Summer Stacks on Instagram, Twitter yeah. and you can always email us and yeah, we love you guys thank you so much for listening we're really looking forward to coming back for 2020 I can't believe it's already <laughs> talking about that yeah,
1: thank you all for an amazing year thank
0: yes. you kakite